Hey, it's Heidi. Welcome back to Healthy Relationships. Today, we are going to tackle the fixer personality in relationship with the addict or alcoholic. Buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride. I'm Heidi, by the way. If you're new here, I just want to take a minute and say welcome home. I'm so glad that you found me. I'm the creator of Attachment Personality Patterns, and that is my revolutionary brand new way to explain codependency and the issues of codependency because I believe codependency is at the root of all our relationship issues and challenges, and it's just a way to function and dysfunction. So I'm going to dive into the fixer personality today. Now, if you're a fixer, listen, we know that you are a good egg. There are some things about you that are incredibly wonderful. In fact, one of your biggest superpowers is your ability to see what's wrong. It's your ability to see also somebody's fullest potential. But there are two things that go wrong with a fixer. The first thing is potential. You see people's potential instead of the reality of who they are. And it's very hard for you to actually see the reality because deep down, you believe that everybody's capable of achieving greatness. It's not your first rodeo as a fixer in the self-development world. You've probably been doing a lot of learning and growing yourself and watching Tony Robbins and Mel Robbins and a lot of other people that give you me, (laughs) give you information on how to fix things. But there's this element of toxic positivity with a fixer that thinks that everybody has potential. And sometimes what we don't realize and what people need my help with is actually trading that kind of potential idea for a very concrete reality of exactly who you're dealing with. Because I believe, honestly, the best work that I do is helping people go into things eyes wide open with all the facts and all the information so they can finally answer the question that a fixer longs to ask, can this thing be fixed? Can this thing actually work? So the two core issues we're going to talk about is a fixer overestimates potential and overestimates their personal power. Because as a fixer, you feel like a hero. You know, you have that magic cape. You tend to throw that on and swoop in and run to the rescue and magical things happen. Magical shit takes place because you are super strong. However, it's kind of like Glenda in The Wizard of Oz. Pecan, you have no power here. And it's good to know where your personal power actually can can make a difference and where your power is actually not making a difference. Instead, it's being sucked from you. You got a power leak. And every time you go into that situation, you become more powerless instead of powerful. And so we're going to talk about that dynamic. Now, what attracts you to an addict or alcoholic as a fixer to begin with? Now, some of you are going to say, Heidi, I had no idea they were an addict or alcoholic when I met them. I had absolutely no idea. I was blindsided. And that may be true. However, if we really believe, you know, that we're all just kind of repeating a two-person play, I'd be willing to bet, let's let that airplane pass. Hello. (laughs) I'd be willing to bet that somewhere in your family history is a history of alcoholism or addiction. Now, people don't always recognize that as as an issue. They might say, well, my dad drank a lot, like, but he just drank after work and it really wasn't that big of a deal. But as we dive a little deeper, we find that fixers are, are not new to addiction, okay, and alcoholism. So, but when you first meet somebody, you could say, I don't really know that that's true. Or they told you they had a history of it at one time before. But a fixer goes into a relationship thinking, this is going to be different. They have never had me before. 
right? I'm the person that really knows how to love. I am so good at loving. I am so good at helping. I am so good at supporting that I'm going to be the one to turn this all around. There's a little bit of a savior complex there. Now it's not malicious. You actually believe these things because you have evidence to prove it. In your life as a fixer, you have caseloads instead of friends. You've been the rock. You've been the helper for many people in your life. And so you've seen results. You've seen evidence of your fixing actually helping, maybe even in your early childhood dynamic. You were the glue. You were the peacekeeper. You were the one that held it all together. So you get into this relationship really super hopeful, thinking that you're gonna be the one to turn it all around. And now the actor alcoholic also has a rescue fantasy, a deep-seated rescue fantasy. So when they meet you, they they confirm that knowledge that you have, right? They say things like, oh my God, I've never met, now the damn cuckoo clock. Can we get a break today? All these interruptions, it doesn't matter. We're, we are committed and we are making this video and we are, we are going full tilt boogie, okay? No matter what obstacles stand in our way, I'm committed. So the, the addict or alcoholic, let me wait for that to pass. Oh, guys, it's like every time I start something, a plane goes by, it doesn't matter, right? The information is coming through. It's, we're still going to go. I'm not starting over. Okay, we're already on a roll. We're going to keep going on. And it is what it is. So the addict or alcoholic has a rescue fantasy. And they're thinking to themselves, you are the one. And they're confirming that for you. Nobody's ever quite loved me the way you love me. If I'm going to be better, it's going to be because of you. And they'll say things like that to you. You're the one that makes me better. Thank God for you. If it weren't for you, I'd probably be dead. You're the only person that really understands me and gets me. And as a fixer, that is music to your ears. You love to hear that because a fixer falsely believes that their value is can be found in what they give and what they do. A fixer doesn't know how to be, they just know how to do. So when they hear that confirmation from the addict or alcoholic, like, thank God for you, you're the only one that can help me, uh, everybody else abandoned me but you, that gives you as a fixer a very intense feeling of pride and accomplishment. And it's a false metric because in reality, what ends, ends up happening in that dynamic as a fixer, you, you might see that person is off the rails, off the wagon, out of recovery. And you as a fixer get on the phone, you get on the computer, you're researching treatment centers, you're doing everything you can possibly do, you're watching my videos, you're learning about addiction and recovery, and you are pouring your heart and soul into fixing this situation. And what is the addict or alcoholic doing? Relying on you and counting on you to do it all and again, you get that false sense of fulfillment and progress because you're doing, but, but it's a false metric because the addict or alcoholic has no skin in the game. They are not doing anything for their own recovery and you as the fixer are doing everything and you're feeling good. Like you're thinking I'm getting momentum, we're getting movement, but it's only because you're the one moving. It's only because you're the one putting the effort in. If you stop putting that effort in, that alcoholic or addict is not going to do a goddamn thing. Okay. And you tell them you manage the recovery. Did you go to your meeting? Let me, let me, let, did you get a sponsor? Are you going? What you talk about therapy? You know, you're, you're doing everything you can. And, and maybe you lighting a fire under their butt actually gets the momentum. But as soon as you back off, what ends up happening? They stop and drop the ball. Now here's where it gets challenging because if so, you can't want somebody's recovery and work harder on somebody's recovery than they are working on their recovery. Because what ends up happening is you get resentful when they're not doing the damn thing you're telling them to do. And as a fixer, you can get very passive aggressive or super resentful when people are not following your damn good advice. It irritates the hell out of you. 
Because you know, if you just listen to me, if you just do what I'm telling you to do, you're going to be better. We're going to be happy. But again, what you have to understand is an alcoholic or an addict, that person is hijacked to a victim type personality, one of my other attachment personality patterns. And although they're telling you the right thing, they're stuck in that victim mentality until they fully embrace and get into their own recovery program. So eventually them saying to you, you're my savior. Thank God for you. You're the only one that helps me. If it weren't for you, I'd be dead. You know, and all the things they say to you, do you know what that turns into over time? You're the one that makes me drink. You're the one that makes me relapse. All the pressure you put on me is not working for me. If you would just accept me the way I am, I probably wouldn't be an alcoholic. You're trying to change me and that's why I want to do drugs. You're always on my ass and that's why I need to go escape. Do you see? You become, you were once the savior and now you become the villain. And that's what a victim does. It makes a villain out of a hero. Okay. Because there is no responsibility in a victim mentality, which is addict or alcoholic. It's the blame game, honey. That is the name of the deal. And anything they can project, deflect, minimize, rationalize, or justify, they are going to do it. And so where does that leave you? That leaves you trying to channel that hero, which is a good quality to have, by the way, in a better direction and a better use of your time. There are people in your life that actually want your support and want your help and do actually follow what you're asking them to do. Not this person you keep asking to do what they need to do and they continually minimize, justify, rationalize, blame, excuse, and do all those things and don't follow your damn advice. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. So you want to answer the question, when do you leave then? Should you stay? Should you go? What should you do? How much time and effort and energy should you pour into this person? Is it worth it? I have those answers for you. I actually can tell you that. And I can tell you that when we work together, when we sit down together, I get to know you and your exact situation. And look, it's like almost I have a crystal ball. And really what that is, is a combination of vast experience. You know, whenever I was in the treatment industry and I worked inside of one of the world's leading drug and alcohol treatment centers, day in and day out for seven, almost eight years, I helped thousands of addicts and alcoholics. I've heard every story under the book. I've seen every person come through those doors, every scenario. And what I know for sure, there are patterns that emerge when you can see when somebody's going to be successful and actually embrace this damn thing. All right. You can tell, you can see whether people want to tell you that or not every everything like Lao Tzu said in the Tao Te Ching everything you need to know about a person is revealed in their behavior okay Maya Angelou said something similar too when people show you who they are believe them and so I help people do that I also want to help you kind of understand what you have control over and what you don't because you want to be a wife and not a mother right? You want to be a lover, not a mother. You want to be a husband, not a dad, right? Not a warden, not a, not a, uh, a coach, a therapist, a sponsor, you know, how do you just get back into this marriage and relationship and, and stop trying to f play the role that you've been playing, which has been really hurting your marriage or hurting your relationship. And I can help you do that. All right. So what I want to encourage you to do is to come along, let me come alongside of you. If it's a right fit, I mean, it's a mutual interview. We want to make sure that I am a good fit. I can really help you. But if you're curious about that, go over to lovecoachheidi.com and submit a complimentary consultation where I can actually get to know you a little bit better and see if we're a good match, a match made in heaven for us to work together. I work with a specific type of person. What I'm looking for is somebody who is actually successful. In your life, you have reached a certain level of success. Oftentimes, as a fixer, you're the, you're the one that's pulling the whole show. You're supporting the family. You're holding everything together as a fixer. And what you're longing for is a true partner, somebody to come alongside of you and really help you uh, instead of just like taking all of the time. So you're smart, 
I work with smart individuals, people that are able to apply the knowledge I'm giving them and make a change in their life. And why is that important? If you're smart and you've had success, I can help you because all we're going to do is apply that smart, successful uh, thought process and pattern to this unique experience where relationships are the one thing where you seem to kind of lose your footing and lose your mind, right? Everything you know, you forget. I get that. I understand. You can have the best advice for other people, but when it comes to you, it's a challenge to see it because we have a blind spot because we're in love. We love that person. We're connected. And you might ask yourself, how can I be so smart yet so dumb and keep getting sucked back in? Well, you're not dumb. That's what relationships do to us, right? They make us a little crazy. They make us lose our minds. And so I want to help you restore that sanity and actually restore the peace and help you get your power back so that you can make an educated decision about this relationship and if it really is the right one for you. All right. I love you so much. I take excellent care of yourself. I'll see you really soon in another video or in a consultation. All right. Talk soon. Bye-bye.